Welcome on in to the 25-yard line. Welcome back for another off-season episode. We are here with our way-too-early rankings episode. Grant Freeman is here with me. I'm your host, Steve Johnson. Uh, Grant, we are officially to the point where we are talking about ranking fantasy football players, and it feels like football season is almost upon us, doesn't it? How you doing? This is uh, one of the best parts of the season because uh, OTAs have arrived, and so this is like that. It's it's the start of like Christmas, where it's like you get mm-hmm. you get to Thanksgiving, and like you get through the Thanksgiving dinner, and you're like, now I can start putting on all the Christmas, putting up all the Christmas decorations, and start watching all the Christmas movies. That's what I mean. OTAs I start does. that in July. Is that not when you start that? <laughs> Uh, that's not when I started, but I mean, you can start it in July. Why not? But that's what, that's what OTAs is, is to the football season. It's that, it's that, that ushering in of we're at a new football season and this is the start. Yeah. It feels so good to finally be here. Well, coming up today on the show, we are going to be talking about rankings. It is only June. It is barely June. Why not do some rankings? Why not do some rankings? We are going to rank our players way earlier than we should be so that we have months to speculate and move these things around and talk about all the ways we were wrong and all the ways that we were right. But before that, we have some news that we want to just touch base on. Nothing huge since the last situation, but we promised we would keep you informed and up to date on a few developing situations in the NFL. So Grant, why don't you fill us all in on what you know about the Aaron Rodgers situation? Yeah, the Packers reiterated, I think yesterday, the Packers front office at least reiterated yesterday that they have no plans on trading Aaron Rodgers um, and that there's no plans on, doesn't matter what you come with that to them with, they're not doing it. Um, Aaron Rodgers still appears that he wants out. I mean, the man's enjoying Hawaii with Miles Teller and his bride to be Shailene Woodley. Um, and, and I don't know. It looks if, like they're enjoying enjoying everything about it. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but Miles Teller is a Bears fan, is he not? I believe so. Which it's hilarious that the the first two, the main two photos of Aaron Rodgers this summer have been with Miles Teller at the Kentucky Derby and then a month later with Miles Teller at <laughs> in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's, it's, um, it's super exciting for Miles Teller to be able to mock that right. man to him to his face, I'm sure. Um, but, yeah, yeah, so... Not I mean, much new OT- on the situation, it yeah. sounds like, though, right? It's There's OTAs. Still at an you really don't, it's OTAs. You, you really don't see a lot of veterans come to OTAs as it is. Um you really see more a lot of the rookies and the young guys come to OTAs. Um, so Rogers not being there isn't anything like that noteworthy. So it, really it only be... it only is. I, I read this. I'm looking for the exact number right now, but doesn't I think he's losing about five hundred thousand dollars to not be at OTAs. It's Aaron Rodgers though. Does do you really think he cares about the five hundred thousand? No, I do. I do think he is that <laughs> level of rich where five hundred thousand is not a lot to him. But even, I mean, that's five hundred thousand dollars. True. That's you have any idea how many? That's that's 
less than Christmas presents. I guess that's yeah. a little more than Christmas presents for his offensive linemen. But that's yeah. that's multiple jet skis for all of his offensive linemen th- this coming Christmas. That's that's a yeah. chunk of money. So I do think that that is significant that he is willing to give up essentially half a million dollars to not be at yeah. OTAs. This does matter. Yeah, I mean, it matters from a monetary standpoint, but at the end of the day, his standing with the offense and how good they're going to be, it, it, I don't, I don't really, I'm not worried until he doesn't show up for like mandatory training camp. Yeah, That's we talked. Start to worry. We talked about this on the episode last time. Um, I believe that Aaron Rodgers is playing for the Packers this year. When yeah. we talked a couple weeks ago, you you were kind of leaning the other direction. Have you come around? Are you with me on this? Are we seeing Aaron Rodgers in green and yellow this coming season? I think I'm 80, 20. I think I'm 80% in favor of him being a Packer. Yeah. And I think 20% there's some way that he moves. Yeah. I, I think that's an okay number to be at. There's just, he wants to win a Super Bowl, and I have a hard time picturing another situation. If you look at the teams, that could potentially mm-hmm. go out and get him still this off season that he would agree to. You're really looking at Denver and he's a smart guy. I mean, he got to yeah. hope he got to host jeopardy. They don't, yeah, they don't let you host jeopardy unless you're at least, you know, a little bit smarter than the average population. Right. And I just have to believe that Aaron Rodgers knows green Bay is his best opportunity. I do believe that his frustration is real. I don't think any of this is made up, but I would just be so shocked if he gives up a chance at another Super Bowl for the sake of everything going on. Not to downplay his frustrations or anything like that. I just have a hard time believing that he would leave a Lombardi trophy on the table because they are going to be one of the three or four top Super Bowl favorites heading into this offseason. Yep. Into the the start of this coming season, we're gonna see him in Green Bay. I'm confident, and if it doesn't happen, I am willing to to come on the show and publicly admit that I was very very wrong. I just don't think I'm gonna need to do that. Yeah, and I'm glad to hear you coming around. Um, one more, I guess, two more really brief stories that are I think less significant than the Aaron Rodgers situation, but this next one does have some significance to it. Yeah. Julio Jones reportedly is going to be dealt. Not just that he wants to be dealt, just not that the team is hearing offers, but chatter around the league, all signs point to the fact that there is a minuscule chance of Julio (laughs) Jones being an Atlanta Falcon. You say chatter around the league. I mean, come on. Shannon Sharp is his uncle, and he called him <laughs> on their show the other day, and Julio was basically like, nah, man, I'm out. I'm going to find someplace to win. Quote, <laughs> I'm out of here. What are the chances do you think you will be a Dallas Cowboy? Nah, man, I want to win. <laughs> uh, I don't like a lot that uh, that comes out of that show, but that's mostly just because that's, Skip Bayless is on it. But yeah. that was that – was, NFL reporting gold in that moment. If you didn't see this yeah. on Skip and Shannon Undisputed, Shannon Sharp called Julio Jones on speakerphone while on the air. I'm sure it was staged, but if it wasn't, it's even better. 
If it and, wasn't, there's a whole lot of legal issues now being involved. <laughs> <laughs> right. But asks asks Julio Jones on the air on speakerphone, are you going to be an Atlanta Falcon this year? Julio says, nah, man, I'm out of there. And when when pushed on whether he would play for the Cowboys, Julio didn't give any indication of where he's going or yeah. even where he would like to go, but he said, I want to win. Yep. So he wants to go to a team that he and, he has a chance at going back to the Super Bowl. And I don't think the Falcons would do him dirty like that. I think the Falcons would send him to a team that has an opportunity to um, to compete for a Super especially, Bowl this year. Yeah, especially if they're not in the NFC. They're, yeah. they're, they're saying they don't want him in the NFC anymore if they're dealing him, but that they're willing to go where the best offer. Yeah. Uh, I've heard reports that Tennessee may be willing to give up a second-round pick, yep. but that I mean, Atlanta wants more than that. A, yeah. I mean, a lot of the reports are saying is that Atlanta wants a first. More than likely, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to get more than a second and a third. Especially considering the him. DeAndre Hopkins trade. Yeah, especially considering the DeAndre Hopkins train and especially considering just still the like cap situation involved. Um, this really the the day that we're recording this is the first day that this this entire thing can really actually happen can go forward. Um, yep. His cap hit as of today, if they trade him, uh, I think the Falcons will end up saving like fifteen and a half million dollars on their cap. Mm. Um, so this is now where this this story really actually becomes interesting to follow because this is when, if the Falcons are going to do anything, they're going to do it now. Yep, they've been talking about it all off season. Today is really the first day. I every time my phone rings, or or buzzes or anything, and I see it's either ESPN or Twitter, my only thought is where Where's Julio going? Where's Julio going? Yep. And alas, not yet, but. It seems like he's probably going to get moved. They're going to save some money in the long run. So we're on the lookout. If he goes to Tennessee, I think that, I mean, he he was in such a fantasy-friendly offense. Obviously, the Falcons were terrible from an NFL standpoint, but they have a veteran quarterback, Mm -hmm. not much of a run game, and an absolutely horrendous defense. Yeah. which is something that I think we'll be talking about with a lot of Atlanta skill position players this whole off season. Yep. And so Julio was, was valuable in that offense because he still is a, a very, very gifted NFL receiver. So where he goes is very interesting. If he ends up on a team like Seattle, which is another team that has been talked about very heavily, um, that gets interesting because, he could have some value in that offense. I think he's a bigger hit to Tyler Lockett's value if he goes there. Mm-hmm. But that yeah. could be interesting. But if he ends up in a team like, I don't know, let's say Detroit, you don't like that as much. No. Because while he, he could easily walk into the Lions and be their number one target, you're not excited he about... Number, he could be their number one target, but he's going to be pretty much their only target. Right, and just not a very good offense. Whereas if he goes to some place like Seattle or mm-hmm. Indy or uh, Tennessee. Yeah, Indy's very defenses, interesting. Defenses have to – defense aren't going to be able just to double team, double coverage Julio because they have – there's guys like A.J. Brown, T.Y. Hilton, Tyler Lockett, D.K. Metcalf on those teams. Michael Pittman have, is a guy yeah. we're, we're high on this year that you have to that they're going to have to be a part of 
that they're going to have to take into account. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's definitely those are the teams that I think are most interesting to see where it happens, and I think will be most beneficial for him to go. Yep, completely agree with you. One last piece of news before we get into our rankings. Hey, Timmy um, Tabeau. <laughs> Man, I need to say this. I need to say this for the record. I don't consider this to be newsworthy, but yeah. Grant Grant made a point that it's worth talking about just because other people are talking about it, and we yep. need to set the story straight that we should not be talking about it. Exactly. Tim Tebow signed as a tight end with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, you can add Tim Tebow to the long list of names of – Meh, they're a tight end, but you don't really care about them. You can't even do that because at least, at least (laughs) those guys are going to be starting week one. There are a lot of players that will start week one at that position that we don't care about from a fantasy all right, perspective. All right, all right. What do you, what do you, what are your, what are your odds at him not making the the opening day roster? Not making the opening day roster. Um, I I I don't I don't know how to quantize this, but I think he has a point zero 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 one percent chance <laughs> of making the fifty three man roster in Jacksonville. And if he does, it's only because Urban Meyer really didn't want to be a successful NFL head coach anyway. <laughs> he he just wanted the paycheck and and to to have his yep. name in the books as a guy who coached in the NFL. Yep. This is. There's not a logical reason for this. No. I know Urban Myers and Tim Tebow have a have a good relationship. He is a guy that is is credited all over the place as being great for the locker room presence, just as being a leader on the team, as just being a solid locker room presence. So, I mean, Urban Myers brought in his buddy to maybe help with Maybe there were some issues in the locker room we didn't know about, but that seems surprising. But he 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 brought him in as a stable force in the locker room. I think it's a mistake just because there are no other teams where we're talking about the fourth best tight end on their team. Yep. So I guess the only positive for this is that it's taking a lot of pressure off Trevor Lawrence because in any other year, looking at the the Jaguars roster, the only two stories coming out of that team so far this offseason are they have the number one overall pick and they took Travis Etienne probably earlier than they should have to fill a need they didn't have. Yep. And instead, what everyone is talking about is their ninth string tight end. Yeah. I don't care how buff he's gotten this offseason. He's not starting this season. Yep. We're not worried. Well, let's move on to the most important part of the show here this is our main event we are going to talk about ranks i want to make a couple disclaimers as we go through we we tried to do a top 50 but there are just too many players to rank so we're going to give you a top Mm -hmm. 60 we're going to give you a top 60 today a couple disclaimers that we want to go to Uh, we are ranking early on purpose we want to have a baseline to go through the rest of the off season. These yep. ranks are going to be very, very, very fluid. Yeah. I don't want to hear from you guys on draft day about how Grant and I are so waffly <laughs> with our, with our opinions and how, well, you had that, that player. You, ranked. Didn't, you didn't know how you wanted to draft this person. Yeah. 
You had that, that person ranked 15 spots lower at one point. Yes, we did, because the landscape of the NFL is ever-changing, especially this time of year. Uh, I, I think back to a league that you and I did last season where we drafted oh this early, gosh. first week we of June. We drafted first week of June, last week of May. And we actually we actually just did our draft last weekend. Yeah, it's too early. You know how I feel about that. But looking I back to it. that to that that league last year i drafted leonard fournette as a jacksonville jaguar in that league and so the landscape well, of the you, NFL, go, you, all... you you want to know how that draft went i drafted um darius geis as my rb2 in that league yep that was a mistake <laughs> so all of that to say that all of these ranks are based on where these players are today and the assumptions that we're making based on the reports that we're seeing and what we're watching about the league today. So things are going to be changing. Julio Jones is a great example here. Of yep. we're, we're having him ranked based on the fact that he's a great player who's going to be playing on a different team. So if he ends up in a really good situation, he's going to end up a lot higher in our ranks. If he ends up in a really bad situation, he's going to go down a lot. These ranks are going to change throughout the offseason and the preseason. But we feel like this is a good starting point. We are assuming here a one quarterback full point PPR redraft league. These Correct. ranks, while they may be similar across different league types, our assumption here is this is a full point PPR league. It's not, it's not a league where you get to start multiple quarterbacks on a week, one full yep. point per reception and uh, you're drafting a new team every year. These ranks are not translatable into keeper or dynasty leagues. Yep. And last but not least, uh, we are not predicting where a player will go in your draft. And that's going to be true of yeah. our ranks throughout the rest of the offseason, but also any rank that you yeah. read on the internet. Any whatever, Whether you use ESPN or Football Guy or Football Outsiders, uh, whichever fantasy pros, fantasy pros, there's a lot of great sites out there that have really good ranks where a lot of really smart people get together and decide where yeah. these players should go. We're talking about where we think these players should yes. go in a draft. If you really, really, really want a player, there's a chance that you're going to have to take that player higher. I think a great example that we will get into is Grant and I are both lower on quarterbacks than a lot of people. I don't yep. think Patrick Mahomes should ever be a first round pick unless nope. you're playing in a two quarterback league. Uh, if you really want him on your team, you might have to take him in the first. So don't go into a draft with these rankings saying, you know, this player is a player I really, really, really want. And he's ranked at 15, which is great because I have, you know, I'm, I'm going to come back around on the 14th pick. So I get him in the second round. You're, that's not guaranteed. So use these rat these ranks as they are intended. These are just Grant and I's opinions on where these yeah. players should go based on the value that we have and, on these players. And at the end of the day, you want to draft a team that you want to draft. We, when you see rankings on the internet, the rankings are just provided, giving you a basis on where we think they're going to end up at this seat, like in this season. I mean, look at last year, for example. Christian McCaffrey was the consensus overall number one pick. He ended up getting injured for most of the season and had a was had a lot of trouble. That didn't end up finishing in that number one spot, but mm -hmm. he still was drafted number one overall. Saquon Barkley, I mean, number I think he was either number two or number three off the board 
in pretty much every draft that I was in, mm-hmm. tore his ACL in week two. Yep. And even There's, outside of injuries like that, ranks are also just how confident are we in these players? This yeah. is not necessarily the order that we think these players will be in at the end of the season. This is how confident are we in drafting yep. this player that you we think you will get a good return on whatever yeah. draft pick you have to invest in that player. There's always yep. going to be a Justin Jefferson type player who you end up being able to get in the eighth, ninth, tenth round, and he ends mm-hmm. up as a wide receiver one. That's just fantasy football. But we want to bank on how confident we can be in these players. This is how confident we think these players are going yep. to be. Yep. So the way we're going to run this down is we are going to post all of these ranks. Uh, we're recording this Tuesday evening. This should be posted Tuesday evening, Wednesday morning. We're going to have all of our ranks up on our social media. So follow us on Twitter and on Instagram if you want to see these ranks in front of you. But we're just going to go five picks at a time through each of our mm-hmm. ranks and try to quickly move through some places that we disagree, some places we agree, some things that we're noticing and try to just really quickly go through these drafts. As always, feel free to, to tweet at us, comment on Instagram, shoot us an email. If you have any comments, questions, want any clarification on any yep. of these ranks as we're going. And with all of that out of the way, Grant, why don't you start us off with your top five picks? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to cut you off one more time because we, we do have one. Grant and I have not looked at each other's ranks. We, we have sent today. them to each other. I am opening Grant's ranks for the first time right now in front of me. He's opening mine for the first time. So let's get going. We're seeing each other's ranks for the first time as you are yep. hearing them for the first time. So for my first five, uh, I go Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Tyree Kill, and Derek Henry are my first five off the board. We're going to have a lot to talk about already. So we agree. Christian McCaffrey, number one for me. Dalvin Cook at two. And then I have Devontae Adams at three. Mm-hmm. Into Saquon Barkley at four. Alvin Kamara at five. So my first question for you, Grant, is why is Alvin Kamara so high? Are you not concerned about the, the uncertainty of the Saints offense? If we're going... One of the one of the lines you always hear Matthew Barry say is you can't win your league with your first pick, but you can lose it. Are you not worried about the uncertainty in New Orleans? So the uncertainty is obviously a, a definite concern for me, but I believe that his that that Kamara's just overall skill set and his gameplay and just his uh, his utilization in that offense can be handled no matter like he will have the production no matter what um you saw it last year even with Taysom Hill um as the starting quarterback um more like there was a little bit of slow going there once Taysom Hill did take over the offense but once i mean it was maybe like a two or one or two game drop off but then you saw him really take they they decided to really take the reins and let Kamara do his thing late in the season. Yeah, I think the only the only area I don't disagree. I I obviously I'm a big Kamara fan. He won me a league last season. Yeah. I just I there's so much uncertainty there. We don't even know that it's going to be Taysom Hill. It could be Jameis Winston. Yeah. We don't And even if it's Jameis Winston, know. I even like that better. Yeah, I do. I do as well. I do as well. 
he's less likely to take a lot of the rushing yards away from yeah. him. Uh, I feel like what I'm looking for with my first pick, especially if I'm if I have a top two or three pick, mm-hmm. is I want a player who, not accounting for injury, I can trust. And so I have a hard time picking Alvin Kamara while Dalvin Cook is still on the board. Uh, I think yeah. the highest I would be comfortable taking Alvin Kamara would be would be three. I have him at five. Um, but yeah, I, I I kind of he was he was definitely kind of in that two to. F- in that two to two to five range for me. But I just think that just based off of the season that he had last year. And I think just the way that the saints are going to have to rebuild that offense now mm-hmm. around whoever is the starting quarterback. I think it's going to provide a lot of value for him. Mm-hmm. Yep. If I'm picking there, I'm taking Dalvin cook only because the Minnesota offense runs through him. Yep. He, he, he averaged 24.1 points a game, which, which was not as high as Alvin Kamara last season, which was not mm-hmm. as high as Christian McCaffrey last season. But I do but think... still, if you're averaging 24.1 points per game, mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook is lights out for you. And I do feel like you can put any quarterback in the backfield with Dalvin Cook, and it doesn't change the way their offense runs. Drew Brees, Jameis Winston, and Taysom Hill are all bringing completely different things to the table in New Orleans. And so that just leads to uncertainty for me. Um, Saquon Barkley is also another guy that I have at four. Um, I see you have him later. We're going to get back down there, so maybe we'll talk about him in a minute. But what, what are your concerns with Saquon Barkley? The the biggest concern is the is coming back from the injury. Um, I believe that Barkley is still a top ten pick, and he should be a top ten pick. But I I just think I have him later, just because I again we're doing this in June. I want to see the first reports out of training camp, the first reports out of OTAs, what he looks like on the field before I really start to really feel comfortable in just how he's looking um, with the recovery on that on that ACL injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a valid concern. I'm I'm trusting his talent. He was a guy that we yeah. he consensus number two overall last season in yep. in most systems of ranking. And I don't think the Giants are any worse going into this season than yeah. they were going into last season. They were they were bad going into last season. They're bad going into this season. They did add some receiving threats, particularly in Kenny Galladay. Um so I, I think that there's going to be a little bit less pressure. Their defenses aren't going to be able to put seven men in the box every play no. against him. And I think that bodes well for him. But one area. Um, so I have I have Devonte Adams at three overall. You have Tyreek Hill at four overall as your yeah. first receiver. Why Tyreek Hill at number one? And do I have Devonte Adams too high? I I don't think you have Devontae Adams too high. Um, Devontae Adams was kind of one of those guys in that four to eight range for me. I believe that Tyreek Hill, um, Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, and Devontae Adams are all fairly similar in their in their production value. I just think that the little bit of just still of slight uncertainty around the Green Bay situation mm-hmm. had me a little bit more wary as I was doing these rankings, sure. um, which is why he's still in my top 10. Um, but I have Tyreek Hill off the board first because, I mean, you could put Tyreek Hill into your line. You Tyreek Hill is a set-it-and-forget-it guy. He's going to get you 15 to 30 points in a game, and he's going to go off for at least 100 yards and 
two to four, two to three touchdowns. (laughs) So like that, like he, Tyreek Hill almost single-handedly got me back into a playoff position in a league that I was in last year. Mm -hmm. Yep. Tyreek Hill is, is an absolute stud of a player. This is not a knock on him in any way. I'm just looking at the, the point spread between Devontae Adams and other players at his position at a, in a points per game basis, he was averaging almost four points more than Tyreek Hill, who was second. And that is just such a big advantage on a weekly basis. Again, there is a lot of uncertainty in Green Bay. I'm assuming Aaron Rodgers is coming back to play. If Aaron Rodgers is not there, Devonta Adams is still a wide receiver one for me, but I do believe that he, he moves back into probably my, my fifth, maybe my fourth wide receiver without Aaron Rodgers, but I do believe Aaron Rodgers is playing. So I have Devontae Adams that high because in the first round, what I am looking for is positional advantage. I want to have a player who is locked down at a key position. And I think with Devontae Adams as your wide receiver one, you are looking, you're, you're, you're looking like you're most likely going to win at the wide receiver one position most weeks throughout the season. And I think that that is worth it at that position. So I have him at three there. Let's move on to our next five picks, though. And we'll be moving a little bit quicker as we get out of the first round and into into some of these later picks here. But these picks are so important. You cannot lose your league. You can't win your league in your first round, but you can lose it. Why don't you give me uh, rank six through ten? Yeah, so I have uh, Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, and then Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott coming off the board, 6 through 10. So my 6 through 10, I have Derrick Henry at 6, Stephon Diggs at 7, then Tyreek Hill at 8, Travis Kelsey at 9, and Ezekiel Elliott at 10. So the first thing that I'm noticing is the number of wide receivers. Is there a reason that you are are leaning so heavily into wide receiver? Do you feel that wide receiver is more thin than past years or is running back just more plentiful? It's it's a two it's a twofold situation here because I believe that you can still get a lot of good value on running back late into the draft. Uh, into the second and third rounds um, in guys that are going to be missed. Um, But I also believe, too, that, again, it's like you say, trying to win at the wide receiver position. If you look at, like, a lot of the points per game averages, like Stephon Diggs, uh, Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins, all were about three points within each other. These are all guys that, you can count on the production. You're not going to have to worry about them. They're set it and forget it guys. These are guys that I want to get on my team early so that I don't have to worry about that position later um, into the draft. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think you are, are approaching it with the right mindset. For me, I think Stefan Diggs and Tyreek Hill are a tier of their own. Looking at their points per game or within a point of each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. Stefan Diggs last season averaged 20.5 points a game. Tyreek Hill, 21.9. They were very close to each other in that high-scoring category there. And then DeAndre Hopkins, who I, I also have as my fourth receiver. I think you had him as your as your third receiver. Yeah. 
Um, he he's down at 18 points a game, and I think he's really the beginning of a, the next tier of wide receivers, which we'll mm-hmm. get into in the second round that I have him at the front of that next tier. But that's why I went at another route. One player that I want to make a case for here is Travis Kelsey. So you're you're not you're not too far off on Travis Kelsey. I think I had him. He's he's 11 in my rankings. Travis Kelsey has always been a guy that I look for in a 10 team league, late first round, early second round. He's always been that one of those tight ends that I look for. He's always been the consistent value production at that point. And again, he's another one of those position guys that it's like if you can get your hands on him, you're going to pretty much win that position just about every week. Yeah, that's the main reason right there. The positional advantage that you get from having Travis Kelsey on your team is just insane. The level that he beats out the rest of the competition, looking at total fantasy points for last season, you have Travis Kelsey with 312.76. And then Darren Waller was nearly 40 points lower than that at 278.6. To get to the the number three tight end, which was Logan Thomas, it's 102 points. You get such a positional advantage, averaging four points, four and a half, sorry, three and a half points a game ahead of Darren Waller and almost 10 points a game. We're looking at 9.9 points a game more than the number three tight end. That is what positional advantage looks like. Uh, I am not a fan of drafting tight ends early because there is so much of the same. Travis Kelsey is so far ahead of the rest of the competition. And and really, if George Kittle doesn't have an injury-riddled season, I think he, he and Travis Kelsey are basically competing for number one tight end. Yeah, we'll see. I have I, I love Kittle. I have him a little bit lower. He he's my number four tight end this year just because I think there are finally finally a lot of mouths to feed in San Francisco. Uh, I love Kittle. I do think he's in that in that tight end one A category. Yeah. But Kelsey, I feel, is so much further ahead than everyone else. Mm-hmm. So looking at a, a player that you and I both have ranked at 10, we yeah. both came in with Zeke at 10. Looking at his points per game, it's significantly lower than every other running back at this area of the draft. He averaged 14.9 points a game. You compare that to Derrick Henry's 20.8, Alvin Kamara's 25.2, Dalvin Cook's 24.1, even Aaron Jones 18.5 mm-hmm. points a game. Why are you still comfortable taking Zeke as a late first rounder given how bad he was last year? Again, it all comes down to how that offense looks behind the quarterback. And with Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott can thrive in that offense because defenses can't just load the box because Mm -hmm. they have to account for Dak Prescott's arm. So with all the reports coming out of Dallas that Prescott's knee looks 
your ankle looks great. Mm-hmm. There's no setbacks. It looks like he's going to be ready to go for week one. Ezekiel Elliott is still a guy that, like, while he's been the bane of a lot of people's fantasy, like, seasons, like, he's a guy that, with Dak Prescott running running that offense, he's going to be a top 10 to 15 player every year. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I trust the talent. Their offensive line is starting the season healthy for the first yep. time. Um, I I still think Zeke is the player who last season was considered to be the, the third or fourth best running back going into the season. You just cannot blame Zeke for the number of injuries that were on no. the Dallas Cowboys last season. The fumbling was a bit of a concern, which is why yeah. he's at 10 and not at four for me. But I do yeah. feel like we're still getting a, a good player in an offense that I, I do believe this will be a theme as we go forward through these rankings. Yeah. I believe the Dallas offense that was so highly touted last season before Dak Prescott went down. I, I think that they're going to be a very good offense this season. And they have a similar situation as Atlanta where their defense is not great and mm-hmm. they've got a really talented offense. So I yeah. expect to see a lot of points. If, I think, I think there's if a the lot defense of plays. If the defense plays anywhere, anywhere close to like it did last year, you're going to see shootouts in Dallas all season long. Yep. So look for a lot of points out of there. Let's pick up the pace a little bit. Now that we're out of our top 10 and why don't you give me picks 11 through 15? Yeah, Travis Kelsey at 11, George Kittle at 12, um, A.J. Brown, Jonathan Taylor, and Darren Waller. Um, I You're going to look at me silly for having Darren Waller up there. But again, this is that category of tight end where it's like, if you can get a good, if you can get a great player like that, and and you don't really like a lot of what's you don't like where you're kind of drafting and you have an opportunity to get him. I say you take a shot on him. He's a guy that I, I think you and I both really like. And I think in that offense Mm -hmm. is going to have a ton of value again. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's going to be a top three tight end again this season. Um, Yeah. I, I feel like you have way too many tight ends this early. I don't think you're crazy for having Waller that high. Uh, well, I do think you're crazy for having him that high. I also have Waller high, but we'll get to him in a couple rounds for me. I just feel like the difference between Travis Kelsey and other players is even even the difference between Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller is so great that that positional advantage is worth it. What I'm looking at in seeing these tight ends go early is I don't know I do think that Darren Waller is an advantage. That's that's no question. I love Darren Waller. Again, he was on that championship team yep. for me last year. Him and Alvin Kamara were two of my my key pieces in that team. The advantage that you're getting from that, I don't know if it's enough to offset getting one of these running backs. Where this is a tier of running backs that I I love. I, I think I'm going to be if I'm drafting in this range, I'm taking a lot of running backs. So my 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 11 through 15 picks are Aaron Jones at 11, then Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, and then DeAndre Hopkins at 15. So I love these running backs here. You made, you made your tight end case. I'm going to make a case for 
the running backs in this situation. Any of these guys in this next tier of running backs, and I have I have Zeke starting this next year. You have Zeke, Jones, Taylor, Eckler, and Chubb. I think has upside to be a high-end running back one. I think they yeah. all have incredibly low floors. You have Nick Chubb and Zeke playing in very run-heavy offenses. Jonathan Taylor just exploded at the end of last season, mm-hmm. and he's playing in an offense with Carson Wentz, who's got a chip on his shoulder trying to prove himself. I think he's going to catch a lot of balls. And then Aaron Jones is always good coaching decisions away from being the best running back <laughs> in fantasy football. And you got to wonder Aaron, if every- at some point Matt LaFleur says, I will do whatever it takes to win a Super Bowl. And this, has, this has forever been the the bane of running back existence when it comes to running backs where it's like literally the Packers have a top tier running back that if they just give him the opportunity to play his game, he can literally win them the game. And for whatever reason, Matt LaFleur is just like, meh, we don't really want to use you this week. And it, and it, it's mind boggling every, every time. Yeah, it is mind-boggling, and so it comes down to why not have Aaron Jones higher, and that's the reason. If not for Matt LaFleur and not knowing what he's going to do and who he's going to give the ball to, of course, they drafted A.J. Dillon last year in the second round of the draft after taking Jordan Love in the first. So we don't know if he is trying to phase Aaron Jones out, which is a strange thing to do when he just signed a four-year deal. Yeah. And, and took less money to, to stay with you. Right, too. to stick around. So we don't know what that's going to look like. We do know that Aaron Jones really wants a Super Bowl as well. So I love Aaron Jones right there. He He's kind of my go-get-him target. I really I really considered switching him and Zeke in the back end of the first round there. Yeah. But Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb are also guys I would not want to sleep on there. And I feel like when you get to the next category of running backs, I do feel like there is a big gap for me between Nick Chubb and who we'll get to in a little bit, who Deandre Swift is my next running back after that. I feel like there is a big gap between those two players. So I, I would be concerned not going running back here. And if I'm not going running back here, it would need to be because I'm getting one of this next tiers of wide receivers yeah, that, that I have in the next round. So I, I would be concerned taking tight end this early. But we will see how that plays out. Why don't we move on to pick 16 through 20? Yeah, so I have uh, Michael Thomas at 16, DK Metcalf at 17, uh, Justin Jefferson at 18, Austin Eckler at 19, and Aaron Jones at 20. Were you surprised at how late you had Michael Thomas? I was. I, I, I was, I was, uh, you and I were, were chatting before we started recording and I, as I put him in where I did, I was, I, I did a double take. I was like, wait, is that really where I'm putting him? Mm-hmm. And yes, that's, <laughs> that's where I've ended up putting him. Um, which is crazy to believe for me that we're two years removed from Michael Thomas being in that. Devonte Adams, Stephon Diggs, Tyree Kill category, and now he's barely making it into the top twenty. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. I, I'm in that same boat as you. I definitely thought I would have him higher. I do think he has upside potential. But again, like we talked about with Kamara, there's just so much uncertainty. We don't know who's throwing him the ball. He is a good enough player that he can still have fantasy relevance no matter who's throwing him the ball. But And the, the, the injury issues last year were so like frustrating. And when like, he got past the injury issues, he got on the field and punched a teammate in the face. Yeah. So, yeah, it's there's there's still a lot to try to figure out with this situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think once the quarterback situation becomes a little bit clearer, I think maybe Michael Thomas moves up, depending mm-hmm. on who that starting quarterback is. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, even still if he ends up with an injury riddled season like that, like it's going to be tough to, for me to trust him in, mm-hmm. in the coming years. So I actually am a little lower than you. My, my next five picks are Deandre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Michael Thomas, Justin Jefferson, and Calvin Ridley. What you may have noticed is that I have six straight wide receivers in the second half of that second round <laughs> area. So one player that, um, I, I want. I just want. I want your thoughts on. You have mm-hmm. Austin Eckler higher than Aaron Jones. Can you make a case for Austin Eckler? For Austin Eckler, I believe that his value in both the run game and the pass game in that offense is second to none. Um, you saw it in the games that he was healthy for, um, the way that they utilized him, and just Justin Herbert's. Um, play calling ability um, was really light years ahead. And I think, I think Austin Eckler is going to end up with a ton of value in that offense because he's such a multifaceted running back mm-hmm. that Justin Herbert is comfortable looking for him on like running the, running a play action pass and isn't afraid to dump it off to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's got that, he's got that kind of ground and pound power that he'll run you over if he needs to. Um, mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a lot more consistency in the utilization of Austin Eckler um, in that offense more than you're going to see in Aaron Jones. And, and unfortunately, that really comes down to what is Matt LaFleur going to do with Aaron Jones? Is he going to free Aaron Jones or are we going to be looking at him and he's going to have a three-week stretch where he's great and you love him and he's winning you your, your matchups every week? Mm-hmm. or And then go to a three-week stretch where the Packers are basically like, meh, we don't really want to use you. Yeah. Yeah. Those are real concerns. I, I had a hard time with Eckler because I am concerned about the injuries. I am not sure how much he's going to be on the field, but I do think he's going to catch a lot of passes. Yep. One player that showed up in this range for both of us is Justin Jefferson. Uh, Is he, is he really the wide receiver one in Minnesota this year? Yes. I agree. I can almost like it's it's almost like without any there's no there's no doubt in my mind that he's the wide receiver number one. Yep. I give me your we'll give like I think we'll get into where we have Adam Thielen. But I think like I think that both of them are very good. I -hmm. think Justin Jefferson is just a is the skill and the speed is is what I like a just a little bit more gives him the mm-hmm. edge over Adam Thielen. Yeah, I totally agree. I think Justin Jefferson had a huge rookie season and mm-hmm. there's only better to come for him. 
Let's move on into our next five picks. Give me 21 through 25. So this is where we're going to have some fun here because I know that you're going to disagree with uh, probably <laughs> just about almost all of them. I'm, I'm uh, looking at your picks right now, and I can't wait. These are terrible. <laughs> uh, so I have Keaton Allen, Calvin Ridley, uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Allen Robinson. So I have my first two quarterbacks coming off the board in the third round. I don't disagree with one quarterback off the board in the third. And I do think, so this is where I think, you know, before, before I get into that, my, so my picks are at 21 Deandre Swift, then Joe Mixon into 23 Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, 25 is Allen Robinson. So I don't think you're crazy for starting. Like if you want the best quarterback in fantasy, I feel like, you probably have to take him here or sooner, which I think yep. is absurd, which is why I don't have my my number one quarterback here yet. Um, I think it's too early, but I, I do understand this is probably where you have to take a quarterback. Can this, you make your case for Josh Allen over Patrick Mahomes? I knew I when I when I was doing my rankings the other night and I like was doing quarterback and I and I had shuffled some things and I kind of had my three through like 10 figured out but josh allen and patrick mahomes were actually like were hard for me and the mm -hmm. biggest reason was is because i think down the stretch when it mattered most as you got into fantasy playoffs josh allen was so much more consistent he got you the points that you needed he got you the the stats that you needed to win the categories helped out guys like stefan diggs and whatnot and a, a lot of guys were able to 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 have championship teams with Josh Allen as their quarterback. Mm -hmm. um, the the Chiefs, on the other hand, with Patrick Mahomes, like he still got you your stats, but like he had issues with interceptions, just didn't look comfortable. Like the offense as a whole just was like mm -hmm. you could expect the Chiefs to win every week, but you couldn't expect them to blow like to win by the amount that you expected them to win. And that was like that was frustrating for a lot of Mahomes owners because what should have been a surefire win at quarterback each week was coming down to like basically a touchdown in 25, 50 yards. Yeah. Um, so I mean I have Josh Allen as my number two quarterback. I think you're right. In fantasy playoffs, he was the guy. If you play in a league that goes to week 17 and Patrick Mahomes was your quarterback you probably didn't win that championship game you because were, he got benched. You were, you were so frustrated. <laughs> right. The Bills are playing in a tougher division than the Chiefs are, being in the, the AFC East as mm -hmm. opposed to the AFC West. So the chance of the Bills playing Week 17, which that's going to be Week 18 this year, which is yep. for another episode, but the chances of Patrick Mahomes not playing the final week of the regular season are going to be higher because yep. they, they are, are likely going to – clinch their division and or the number one seed before the bills would yep. uh, what it comes down to for me why i would still take mahomes over allen and this is what you will hear me keep coming back to and this is my draft philosophy is that the early rounds are for consistency the late rounds are for big points if i'm looking for a quarterback and i am taking him early I'm not looking for a quarterback 
who can get me 35 points one week and 12 points the next week. Not that Josh Allen is that guy, but he's more that guy than Patrick Mahomes. He had more games with less than 20 points than Patrick Mahomes did. He also, I mean, he, he's lights out. Fantastic. I love Josh Allen. I'm super high on him this year. He's my number two quarterback in terms of their average points per game. Last season, you, you have Patrick Mahomes at 25 first among quarterbacks who played a full season or, or close to it. I mean, Dak Prescott was leading the way, but he only played a few weeks. But if you let's set the minimum at 500 pass attempts, you have Patrick Mahomes at 25 points per game. Josh Allen is right behind him at 24.8, which yep. brings me to my next point. Like I said in the first round, I am still looking for positional advantage here. Mm-hmm. You have Patrick Mahomes at 25. You have Josh Allen. This last season's numbers, I'm not expecting. My rankings do not follow these exactly, but this is just to make my point about how close quarterback is. Patrick Mahomes is at 25 points per game. Josh Allen, 24.8. Aaron Rodgers, 24. Kyler Murray, 23.7. Deshaun Watson, 23.1. Russell Wilson, 22.5. So on and so forth. Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, 22.2. If you take the difference between Patrick Mahomes as the number one and number 10 was Kirk Cousins <laughs> at 19.1. Let's even go to nine because that's really where the gap is. You get to Tom Brady. Tom Brady at 21.1. We're looking at a 3.9 point yeah. difference. 3.9 point difference per week is the difference between Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. Now let's go to wide receiver. You have Devontae Adams at number one. Number nine, you get to Justin Jefferson. I'm high on Justin Jefferson. There's a difference of eight and a half points per game between the number one and number nine wide receiver. So that's the only reason that I am opposed to taking two quarterbacks this early. Yeah. No, and I and I can understand that, and I agree with that, and I agree with that logic behind that. But but again, these are both guys that I think, when it came when it comes down to it, and it comes down to like fantasy playoffs and who you want there, I think these are guys that you you saw on a lot of mm-hmm. you saw on a lot of playoff bound championship teams, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's why I kind of rank them higher, and that's also why I believe that they're going to probably be going in this early to mid third round. Yep. So one more player I want to talk to talk to you about before moving on. I have Joe Mixon at 22 last season. He was a a late first rounder to early second rounder. Mm -hmm. We're not going to get to Joe Mixon in your ranks for a little while. Yeah. What are your concerns with Joe Mixon and why are we so far apart? So part of the concern is the injuries. Um, last season, wasn't able to play a full season. And even down the stretch when you thought that he was going to be playing games, they still really waffled on him. Um, he was a guy that you were like waiting day of for news on whether or not he was going to start. But also, too, this comes back to how the Bengals drafted. 
the Bengals had an opportunity to go out and get a perennial all pro, more than likely all pro uh, uh, offensive lineman Mm -hmm. to shore up that line. And they didn't. And Mm -hmm. that's where I'm super nervous about because we saw what happened with that offensive line Mm -hmm. last season where they just had trouble really preventing, just preventing anything, preventing a lot of the, the guys from staying out of the, from staying out of the backfield. So that's where I, that's where I'm nervous on Joe Mixon this year. It's also why I'm nervous on Joe Burrow this year. Mm -hmm. Um, and really why, like, as I was doing it, it was just like, I had him, I had him in probably in the, in the mid to mid to late twenties. And I just kept, and I just kept coming back to that offensive line and the mm-hmm. injuries and just whether or not I, I could really trust it. Yeah. I don't think we're getting a full 17 games out of him. It's no. gonna it's gonna be hard to get into the habit of saying seventeen instead of sixteen games. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I don't think we're getting a full 16, 17 games 17 out of him. Games. Uh, you're you're dead on with the offensive line, but I do believe that the talent is there. I think Joe Mixon's still a yeah. very good football player. And what I'm looking at is the Bengals had two options to try to keep the Joe Burrow's bones inside of his body yep. this season. Option one was to shore up the offensive line. They didn't do that. Option two is to get the ball out of his hands quickly. And so for that, I'm foreseeing sweeps to running backs, handing the ball off, hopefully a little more run heavy, lots Mm -hmm. of quick throws and check downs. I don't think they want the ball in Joe Burrow's hands very long because he's not going to be upright for very long in the backfield. So I think Joe Mixon may be the beneficiary of an offensive line that's not great and a passing offense that could be good because in any other situation you look at at how teams played the New York Giants early last season yeah. they didn't have much of a passing offense and they had Saquon Barkley so they just beat the snot out of Saquon Barkley I don't think teams are going to have that option because Jamar Chase can just outrun them or Tyler Boyd yeah. can just get open or T Higgins can just get open so I, I think Joe Mixon is going to have a role here. Um, another player that we both had at 25 is Allen Robinson. How much of how much do you think this is affected if Andy Dalton is the week one starter? I think it drops. I don't think it drops a ton. I think he's still in my top 30, but I'm a little less confident those first few weeks that he starts. I mean, we saw what happened in Dallas last year. I mean, I think the the Bears' offensive line is at least passably better than the Dallas offensive line was, but I still just don't trust Dalton as a whole. Um, if Justin Fields is the Week One starter, I think Allen Robinson's value is 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 right on the money as as a late as an early third, early to mid third round pick. So that is my next question. If if Justin Fields is the week one starter, does he come up from 25 for you? I don't think he comes up, but I think he's right in that sweet spot. I mean, if right, he does right come up, if right he does come up, if he does come up, it it's maybe just to the front end of the third round. I again, we we need to see how Justin Fields is even again, we're doing this in June. We mm-hmm. have no idea how Justin Fields is even going to look in this offense. 
um, mm-hmm. as a quarterback. And until I start seeing stuff come out of there and how 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 he fits in and how him and Allen Robinson vibe, like mm-hmm. I'm 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 not super like I'm not going to move him way up. Right. Um. Yep, I agree. Let's move on to our next few picks. Give me 26 through 30 for you. Yeah, so I got Mike Evans, Adam Thielen. Uh, then my next two quarterbacks come off the board here. Kyler Murray, uh, followed by Nick Chubb, and then Dak Prescott. All right, my next few picks, 26. We have Mike Evans, 27, Amari Cooper, Adam Thielen, then Darren Waller, and Patrick Mahomes. Um, so I'm seeing you're finally getting to guys like Nick Chubb. Do you think there's any chance Nick Chubb is still there at 29? Probably not. You, you may get lucky. Um, guys looking for the flash in the pan type guys. I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen you and I, you and I can attest to this. You and I will just join random ESPN leagues, mm-hmm. and you and I will look at each other. Come, that's how desperate we are. So if anyone wants to start another yeah. league, shoot us an email. We're in. So, but you and I'll, you and I'll get to the third, fourth, fifth round, and we'll start seeing guys that we look at and we go, "Wait, this person's still on the board." And I think Nick Chubb could definitely be one of those guys this year, where he mm-hmm. kind of falls without a lot of people realizing it, and you you can maybe get him late third, early fourth. Um, I just think the volume is way too high in that Browns offense for him to go that late. No, I think I, you're probably right on the money there, but he's just, I just, again, this is where you're seeing my kind of more tight end quarterback heavy Mm -hmm. process come into play versus your um, versus your win the position type of play um, mindset come in. Totally. A player that I have in here that we're not getting to for you until a little bit is Amari Cooper. What what is your your reasoning? Do you think the Dallas offense is going to be worse than it was at the start of last season or that there are just too many mouths to feed for him to have too high of a ceiling? That's more what it is. I think we saw great leaps and bounds from C.D. Lamb last year. Um, I think... Uh, Amari Cooper is good. CD Lamb is good. Again, it's just going to come down to. I still think Amar CD Lamb is still is still coming in to to that position. So I think you're still going to see a lot of double coverage on Amari Cooper next year, um, mm-hmm. which may lead to more value for CD Lamb. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I still think that even down even with Dak Prescott healthy, like. Amari Cooper had a lot of was very susceptible to big to drops in in big moments. And that's that's more what what scares me is does do do they reminisce back to last season with some of those drops and and Dak Prescott is more hesitant to throw to him this season. I mean if I was in the Cowboys locker room, I think I'm throwing last season out. I don't think they can count that as a season. I I I I really like Amari Cooper. I think he's going to be the wide receiver one in that offense. And like I said earlier, I think the Cowboys are going to be a great offense this season, at least from a fantasy perspective. But with Dak Prescott coming back, I the only reason I don't have him in the category of receivers before this 
up with Justin Jefferson and Calvin Ridley and Michael Thomas and those guys is that I do think there are a lot of mouths to feed. I think yeah. that CeeDee Lamb is we'll, – we'll get to him soon in my rankings. I think CeeDee Lamb is going to be a great pick this year. I think Michael Gallup is is maybe not going to be startable on a week-to-week basis, yeah. but I think he's going to get just enough targets and catches to where – I don't know if you remember last season, but like coming in on the end of the year, he just had like a couple games where he just went off. Yep. And in a on a season long perspective, he he was barely inside the top forty. Yeah. But he also like week sixteen, he had six catches for one hundred twenty one yards, two touchdowns, yeah. thirty points. Week thirteen, seven for eighty six, one touchdown, twenty one point six fantasy points. Week three, six for one thirty eight, a touchdown, twenty five fantasy points. I don't see a situation where I'm starting Michael Gallup regularly. But every time Michael Gallup does that, that means Amari Cooper is not catching multiple touchdowns yep. that game. And that's, I think, his only limiting factor. Yeah. Let's move through the next few picks. Why don't you give me 31? I think at this point in the draft, we can start taking these picks 10 at a time to close things out yep. here. Why don't you give me 31 through 40? Yeah, so I got DeAndre Swift. Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore, Miles Gaskin, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, uh, Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, Joe Mixon, and Russell Wilson. So my picks, 31, I have Chris Carson, 32, Robert Woods, Chris Godwin. I have Josh Allen here at 34, then Cam Akers, Najee Harris, Antonio Gibson, CeeDee Lamb, Dak Prescott, and Deontay Johnson comes in at 40 is there anyone in this range on your list that's sticking out as the real steal of this round as a real steal for this round i think if justin herbert falls into the fourth round i think that's going to be a big falls into the fourth round man you gotta stop drinking the quarterback kool-aid listen the stop this listen to listen to my 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 mindset. I think every, we see it every year. We see it every year in these drafts. You see like Mahomes go off the board in the first or second round, and then you suddenly see a run on quarterbacks way like in the next over the next two to three rounds. Like oh, I know, Justin I see that Herbert, every year. Justin Herbert again. Justin Herbert was was good enough last year and good enough down the stretch that I think he's going to be one of those guys that people see a run a quarterback start and they're like, Oh, I got to go get him. And it's like, um, and you don't like, you don't have to. Correct. You don't have to go get him. And that's my point here is guys can be taking Justin Herbert this early. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wait four rounds and take Jalen hurts. And my team is not going to be worse for the wear because of it. <laughs> I I just I think this is early for Herbert in that area. Uh, one player that I'm seeing on your list is Terry McLaurin. If you can get him in the 30s, I think he could have a really nice year. Yeah. Uh, one of my players. This so I I we we don't have a lot to go off of with Najee Harris here, but yeah. I put him in this range just because. I There's, think he's, he's it's the his guy. job. It's yeah, his job. He's the guy. 
and we just haven't seen him play. This will be something that that we'll get to maybe towards the end here. But Mike Davis kept falling, and you could make the same argument for Mike Davis. But I would push back on that argument in advance before you've even made it, uh, saying that Mike Davis probably doesn't have the talent that Najee Harris has. Of course, we have to see how he adjusts. Anytime you're taking a rookie in a redraft league, there is a risk to it. Cue Clyde Edwards-Alaire last season and what we all thought he was going to be versus what he actually was. But Najee Harris seems like a a player that has this job locked. And if you can get him in this range, you could end up with, with a low-end RB1 just because the volume is there and the talent is there. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's move. He's, he's a guy that I, I have him in my next run of guys. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, again, he's probably going to be in that fourth to fifth round that you see him go. Mm-hmm. Again, it's his job. There's yep. no debate about it. It's going to be a new offense with Matt Canada as the offensive coordinator. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you really can't trust Roethlisberger's arm. Yeah, anymore. I don't think they want him throwing the ball too much. No. Najee Harris could have a lot of value for your team this season. Why don't you give me picks 41 through 50? Uh, I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers, TJ Hawkinson, Cam Akers, Najee Harris, Robert Woods, Deontay Johnson, CeeDee Lamb, Kyle Pitts, Antonio Gibson, and Clyde Edwards-Lair. I've got DJ Moore at 41, Miles Sanders, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, J.K. Dobbins, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Miles Gaskin, Kyler Murray, Cooper Cup, and Kenny Galladay. So I am not even going to give your fifth-round TJ Hawkinson pick the time of day (laughs) because our listeners don't need to listen to that absolute nonsense. One thing I would like to focus on here, though, is – the fact that both of us, while we have him six picks apart, we are both putting Deontay Johnson as the wide receiver one in Pittsburgh. Um, how confident are you that he has completely edged out Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool as the clear number one? I'm super confident. He was the only yeah. one who was consistent. When, when he started, he was the only one who was consistent week after mm-hmm. week as, as yeah. the guy that Roethlisberger looked for. I mean, Juju, I mean, you saw him. He went through a stretch there where it's like he'd get you 15, 20 points, and then he'd get you three to four. Yeah. I would have Claypool. Claypool is a great, I think has a great, is is a great value guy um, Mm -hmm. where he can get you a lot of points in a week if you need it. But I just don't think the consistency is there yet to really trust him. Yeah, I would have him higher in my ranks if not for the drops at the end of last season. Yeah. That I I think I probably would have had him four-ish. I mean, heck, spots that was earlier. that was that was that was the 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 big that was a big thing for the Steelers as a whole. Like nobody could hold on to the ball. Yeah, they they fell apart at the end of the season. Uh but I, I do think he's the the number one in that offense. We'll see. We'll see what happens going forward. But we're in agreement on that one. Uh, Miles Sanders has has fallen way back. We both had him in this range here, I believe. 
I'm looking for him on your ranks. Did you not? Uh, oh, no. You had him oh. even further back. Yeah. So I have Miles Sanders up here at 42. Uh, does he even have this job the whole season? No. Yeah, I feel the same. It's my... Miles Sanders as a runner, you can trust. Miles Sanders in the pass game, they hate him. He can't catch the ball. He's got bricks for hands. I mean, and and the way that that offense is set up is for a lot of run pass option, especially with Jalen Hurts as the quarterback mm-hmm. now. Yep. You're going to see probably a lot of um, – and we didn't get into – we didn't really get the, a whole lot. We haven't really gotten into a whole lot of, uh, of rookies today. But uh, Kenneth Gainwell um, mm-hmm. is the new flashy running back that, they, that the Eagles just drafted. And they like him a lot for his pass-catching ability. So I think you're going to see a ton of – you're probably going to see a lot of pass plays where – Sanders is on the sidelines because they just like Gainwell a lot more for his pass catching ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Sanders, if he finishes inside the top twenty at running back, is a good finish for him, which yeah. is where I have him. But Sanders, he's, he's Sanders for me was twenty was my twenty third ranked running back. Wow, and that's just because of how. Uh, that's just because of, a how meh the Eagles' offense was last year, but also mm-hmm. two just how meh he was last yeah. year. Yeah, the only reason I have him a little bit higher and ahead of a guy like J.K. Dobbins or Josh Jacobs or David Montgomery or Miles Gaskin, and I have I have him leading that tier of running backs. The only mm-hmm. reason is that with Jalen Hurts running the offense, I just think he's going to have more space. And yeah, I think he's going to get some free yards that maybe other running backs aren't getting because they've got a quarterback who has the potential to be a real dual threat. And they're, yeah. if, they, if they stack the box against Miles Sanders, then either Jalen Hurts gets a bunch of rushing yards or he gets to throw the ball. So I just don't see, I don't see a world where defenses are focused in on Miles Sanders. And yeah. I think he could get some free junk time stuff because of that. Well, let's go through our last 10 picks each let's go 51 through 60 uh you didn't give me your 41 through or i didn't give you my picks (laughs) whoops i uh uh, man my bad we're the last person we talked about was deontay johnson and then i uh you and i because you and i were in agreement on that and then i gave you my picks and then oh man you you want to talk to me about sanders I'm in mid-season form here. I'm in mid-season form. Well, here are my picks. Here are my picks. 41, DJ Moore. 42, Miles Sanders. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. J.K. Dobbins. Josh Jacobs. David Montgomery. Miles Gaskin. Kyler Murray. And then Cooper Cup and Kenny Galladay. I was a, I was a lot higher on Miles Gaskin than you. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's going to stay healthy. I don't know if he's going to keep the job. It seems like last season they didn't love him uh, he is a guy that won this offseason because they didn't draft anyone to replace yeah. him so that could be a a vote of confidence but we talked about this on our post draft episode that i i feel like brian flores feels like the running back is in the room right now and that's why they didn't i don't know that he's confident it's miles gaskin by himself mm-hmm. I, I won't be shocked if we see a committee approach for much of the season he could run away with this job i think it's his job to lose but i think the leash is really short and there are just other guys i like more 
Like a guy like David Montgomery is the job is his, but they're going to spread yeah. the ball around. Tariq Cohen's coming back this year. He's going to touch the ball a lot more. Josh Jacobs is in a similar situation where, uh, I mean, Kenyon Drake is in the house now, but Josh yeah. Jacobs, I think, is going to get a lot of the early down and goal line work, which will prop up his value. I think Josh Jacobs mm-hmm. is going to end the season with more touchdowns than Miles Gaskin. So if I'm looking at the board and seeing these guys out there, I would just rather have those guys than Miles Gaskin. But again, I have them all grouped into a similar tier. And, mm-hmm. and that's kind of my draft philosophy is I group these players into a similar tier as each other. And I'm really comfortable getting any one of these guys based on yep. the rest of my team. I may end up taking, if I've got, uh, if I've got a Najee Harris on my team or, you know, that's a, that's a bad example. Let's say I've got Chris Carson on my team. Then I might be more comfortable taking a miles mm-hmm. Gaskin than Josh Jacobs, because I think Josh Jacobs has a lower floor, a lower ceiling maybe a higher floor whereas i think gaskin's ceiling is higher yeah all right now let's get into our last 10 picks each walk me through 51 through 60 yeah so i got mark andrews travis Etienne, cooper cup julio jones kenny galladay t higgins jk dobbins josh jacobs chris carson and chase claypool um i've got julio jones at 51 Brandon Ayuk, Kyle Pitts, Travis Etienne, Mike Davis, Lamar Jackson, Jamar Chase, Cortland Sutton, Tyler Lockett, and Tyler Boyd. Closing the round out. How many tight ends are off the board in your first 60 picks at this point? Uh, Two, four, six. When did you start to love tight ends so much? (laughs) I thought we were in the same boat here. Uh, we are in the same boat, but again, I, my, my ranking strategy was a both value of player that I like, but also to looking at draft history and kind of how I ranked. Yep. All right, man. I'm going to, I'm going to give that one to you. You can, uh, you can draft all the tight ends you want. We're never going to come to an agreement on this. One player that I will I will note in this range. Uh, now I'm going to note two players. One one for me, Brandon Ayuk is a player that has just steadily moved up my rankings. Yeah, so and he, I'm excited he, to see this off season. He ended up finishing out at 62 for me. Mm-hmm. So right I, there, right at the end, he started in that range for me. But the more I was putting paper to, well, I guess key to computer. I, I originally had him back there and I found myself looking at, at Juju Smith Schuster and Tyler Lockett and Cortland Sutton and Jamar Chase. And some of those are guys that I like. Some of them are not. Tyler Lockett, I think, is a guy for me that will probably go higher than this and I think should go later. Whereas Brandon Ayuk is a guy that I just I think I would rather have on my team than any of those guys. He has just steadily moved yeah. up the ranks. Uh, Travis Etienne's another another guy. So we both talked about how this should be James Robinson's job in Jacksonville, yet neither of us ranked James Robinson. We both ranked Travis Etienne in this range. What's See, your this philosophy? Is, this on is that? where this is where I hate. This is where I hate the Jaguars because mm-hmm. they had James Robinson. He was a great undrafted gem of a rookie that they found. And then 
they get Travis Etienne, which I, I think part of it is you got Joe Burrow, get Travis Etienne. He's comfortable with him. You can you can you could probably make a lot of plays with the two of them, and it works. But then to also come out and be like, oh, we're just going to use we're going to mainly use Travis Etienne as our third down back, and then two to three weeks later go, oh, he's looking. We're going to train him at wide receiver too. I'm like, you aren't talking. If you're a team and you're talking this much about a guy, you, you like him a lot, and you're going to mm-hmm. use him a lot. And I think yeah. like that's where. Travis Etienne, like you may see James Robinson start week one as the as the number one running back, but it wouldn't surprise me if by week three or four, Travis Etienne is that guy. And unfortunately, James Robinson's value is just completely gone. Yeah, I I will be watching this situation closely. The one thing that will change this drastically for me is if they actually make the positional move and play Travis Etienne at wide receiver and he ends up being a Cordero Patterson type player. Mm-hmm. If that happens, James Robinson will skyrocket back up my ranks in yeah. the position we're in right now. Travis Etienne, I think I said this on the last episode. Travis Etienne feels like a a poor man's Christian McCaffrey to me right now. Mm-hmm. I think they are grooming him for that rule, that role and I think James Robinson will be pushed out as Travis Etienne comes in and becomes a pass heavy four down back. Yeah. And if he does that, obviously we both had Christian McCaffrey. Number one, we don't need to explain why having a, a worse Christian McCaffrey is still better than a lot of other running backs. I mean, heck just if, if, if the Jaguars use him anywhere close to the way that he was used at Clemson with Trevor Lawrence, he's his value is there. If the Jaguars continue to waffle and be this like, oh, well, we want him to be this, but we also want him to be this, and we're not really sure. Like, You could be looking at weeks where you start Travis Etienne expecting him to get you 12 to 15 points Mm -hmm. and they use him as the third down back and he just gets stuffed every time because the defenses know that they're going to run and there you go yeah well we'll be watching that situation closely one player that i did have in here is kyle pitts was my third tight end off the board at 53 and i just want to justify that pick after mocking you for all of your tight end picks and i think rightfully mocking you for your tight end picks uh, Kyle Pitts, I feel like, is one of the most gifted physical yeah. players we've seen come out of the draft in years. Mm-hmm. If there was a player that I think has the physical skill set to be better at tight end than Travis Kelsey, I think it's Kyle Pitts. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's in the offense to make that jump immediately as a rookie, but I do do feel like there's a lot of value, especially if Julio Jones is moving mm-hmm. on, which, like we said earlier, we're very Julio confident Jones is moving is on, and they and they really don't trust the run game. Kyle yeah, Pitts so is going to be. That's why Calvin Ridley ended up so high for me because of those situations, and I think Kyle Pitts might be their number two target. Russell yep. Gage is also there, and we'll see what happens. Maybe mm-hmm. he moves up into fantasy relevance as well. As of right now, I don't have him ranked. But Kyle Pitts, I I feel like if there is a player 
to make that jump to challenge Travis Kelsey for being that unreasonably good tight end. I think it's Kyle Pitts. Uh, I I do think that he's either going to end up inside the top three or outside the top yeah. seven, and we'll see where that we'll see where it ends up. But I haven't I haven't three for tight end right now, and I think this is the range to take him. But the hype on him is so high; I don't think there's any way you're getting him here. But like I said earlier, this is not about where I think you can get these players. This is where I think they should go. And with that, that is it. That is our top 60 picks. We will be coming back throughout the offseason with all kinds of different content. If there's anything yep. in particular you would like to hear, feel free to hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, or email at the 25-yard line in all of those places. Um, so check us out. Give us a like, a rate, and a review wherever you are listening to us. That helps us out. Spread the word. Share with your family and friends. And as always, reach out if there's any way that we can make your fantasy experience more enjoyable. Be and on the lookout over the next couple of weeks for these next yeah, few episodes. Over these over these next few episodes, we're going to be looking at like different league types, things like that. So if you have any leagues in leagues with either interesting uh, position um, position breakdowns or just interesting um, concepts, things like that. Um, give, shoot us, shoot us an email. Cause we'd love to talk about them. We'd love to yep. talk to you about them. Yep. And that being said, I hope you are enjoying the off season and getting ready for an awesome, awesome NFL season coming up shortly in just a few short months this time is going to fly faster than you All know right. it so let's 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 do you want to do our first wager bet of the year oh where, first where we think where we think julio jones lands oh man how are we how are we going to turn this into a wager yes i'm in i'm in on this um, um, are we each picking a team and it's worth if, if one of us is right it's worth three points so you can do you can either do team and it's worth three points or you can do division and it's worth I'll give you two points. Oh man. All right, I like I like this. I like division. Let's make our first wager bet of the season. I think Julio Jones goes to the AFC East. Oh, interesting. You think Bill Belichick goes out and gets him? I think Bill Belichick is a front runner there. Um, I won't be shocked if the Dolphins come into play as Mm -hmm. well. Okay. And, you Uh, know, the Jets are always making weird decisions. They need receivers. (laughs) Um, For me, I think it's going to be AFC South. Okay. I think both... The money, money wise, it makes the most sense. Um, you like you got the Colts, you got the you got the Titans that have the cap space to take that contract. Um, plus, I think they both have the the draft capital to take that 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 to make a trade happen too. Mm-hmm. And so, I think I think he ends up in the AFC South. I don't think you're crazy. I think that's a, that's a good possibility. Well, first wager bet of the season in the books as is our first rankings episode of the season. So enjoy your next few 
weeks, and we will see you soon. Peace out.